The secret is out. Video is the fastest and easiest way to get your viewers hungry for your product or service. This is the Video Marketing World Podcast, and we are 100% dedicated to helping businesses, entrepreneurs, and creators grow their following and turn it into profit. We are going to bring in world-class guests who will educate us on the ins and outs of video, marketing, and business development, all so that we can help you achieve your goals. Whether you want more views, more engagement, lead generation strategies, more profit, or simply to scale your business, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, or via live stream, we have got you covered. Let's get to some video marketing. All right, everyone. It's a Video Marketing World podcast. It's Rich Cardona, your host, and I'm here with the keynote. It's Chris Gronkowski. Uh, thank you so much for the keynote, man. Hey, man, for sure. That was a lot of fun today. So you were talking about TikTok, and this has actually been an interest of mine in my own podcast, but transitions. I believe transitions, whether you're moving, whether you're having children, getting married, leaving the NFL and doing something else, it's really disorienting. Can you talk to me about what it was like as far as your your exit and being like, okay, what next? Yeah, man, that's that's by far the hardest part, right? Uh, you see it military. I, I know you said you're ex-military as well. Uh, you see it in the NFL all the time as well. Uh, it, you, it's an identity change. You know, you go from being, for me, a, a massive, you know, football player. That's all I know. That's all I did my whole life. And all of a sudden, I'm not that anymore. Yep. And, and I got to figure out what's next for me. Uh, I think the biggest thing too is you, you lose that sense of team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have that team feel. You have, you know, every day you walk into a locker room with a bunch of guys, and you're all there for the same reason. And you have this amazing structure as well. You know, as a football player, I couldn't be mi- one minute late to practice or I was getting fined $1,000. You know, I had to be somewhere <laughs> at all times. And there's no other choice, man. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden when you're done playing, no one's there holding you accountable yep. besides yourself. So uh, it's hard. It's very hard. And, you know, it's also a big ego hit. So uh, you go from making a lot of money uh, as a football player, at least. And, and now all of a sudden you're trying to figure out new things and, you know, you're not getting paid as much either. So... Uh, that transition's tough. I, I got super lucky, man. Uh, my wife started a business and I jumped right into it and I put all my effort into that business. What's that business? It's called Everything Decorated. Mm-hmm. It was a, an online customization shop. And you know, back then, 2012, when she started it, there was really not that many people doing it. And what I realized really quickly was if you do it better than everyone else, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to be successful. So... When you transition and you kind of jump into that and your wife's an entrepreneur essentially, and then now it's kind of your turn and you're thinking like, when did the wheels start spinning for you as like, you know what, like I think this might be a business or I think I have an idea and I'm going to go after it. Yeah, man. Uh, I saw an opportunity. It was five years later. I was working for my wife and it was doing really well. We were making, we were actually making more money than I was making in the NFL. Wow. And um, I didn't need to do anything else. But at the end of the day, it wasn't my passion. You know, when people asked me what I was doing, I didn't even tell them. I was kind of like, I'm kind of doing my own thing. Uh, I didn't post on social media. I didn't really tell anyone because it wasn't me. You know, <laughs> making personalized gifts for weddings, that yeah, wasn't really my idea of a uh, you know, career. So uh, that was my wife. She was super passionate about it. She still loves it. It's still growing today. She's still hiring people. It's doing amazing, but that wasn't me. Uh, so when I thought of this idea, it was a way for me to pursue my passion. Yeah. So I thought of it, uh, it was a, a shaker bottle. Uh, I love sports. I love fitness. I was going to the gym every day and I started as a side hustle, but that was what it was. And that was kind of my advice for people as well is, you know, start slow. You, you don't have to jump all in immediately on an idea, you know, really think it through and then start small. You, you don't need a million dollars. You don't need investors from day one, prove it first at a small, you know, small model and and then go all in after that. Once you know, it's going to be successful. So 
I always like to think as an entrepreneur that you are sol solving a problem that you're familiar with, that you're acutely familiar with. So when I see the ice shaker, I'm just like, okay, dude, like I got a million blender bottles at home. Some of them work, some of them don't work. Like tell me about the ice shaker, tell the audience about the ice shaker and what you thought, like, dude, I got, I got something better. Yeah, for sure. So it, you hit it right on, man. Every, everyone has, if you drink any kind of protein shakes, or even if you don't, somehow you end up with a free shaker bottle, right? So you end up with like cabinets full of them. They all leak. They all smell terrible. They all break. And they, they, they're not insulated. So my whole idea was I'm in Texas. I'm leaving work. I'm going home to get a different bottle or a different cup because the one I have at work, I can't bring to the gym. And I'm grabbing a plastic shaker. By the time I fill it up with ice, bring it to the gym, get to the gym, the thing's sweating everywhere. I'm making sweat rings on the ground at the gym and I'm taking a sip and it smells and tastes horrible and it's warm. And it finally hit me. I'm like, this is so stupid. It's been like 20 years. How has someone not made a better shaker bottle? I mean, there was at that time, there were a lot of companies making insulated regular bottles. Or yeah, cups. like the Yetis and the, yeah, like the Yetis was exploding, you know, and they were definitely an inspiration of mine as well because they were absolutely crushing it. But I would take my Yeti to work and then I'd go to the gym and I have to bring a different cup. Yes. And then I end up with five cups in my sink at the end of the day. And my wife's like, come on, can't you just use one? I'm like, no, I can't use one because I can't shake it. <laughs> so then everyone's trying to do like the thumb thing, right? You're trying to put it in the top of the, the Yeti and shake it up and it's spilling everywhere. Dude. And at that point, I'm like, this is the simplest idea that no one's done yet. Like, I know this is going to do well. I just got to go and do it now. Yeah. So we're at Video Marketing World. Um, at some point, you started using social. And you weren't on social, you said, with your wife's business. You started Ice Shaker. And then it's like, at some point, you started incorporating video. And whether it was intentional or unintentional, like, it started to hit for the company. Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah. Social was definitely not in the game plan, man. I'm, I would say I'm not the most, most outgoing person. You know, we get this personality or I guess this... Uh, people think we are because my brother Rob's out of control, <laughs> right? But um, yeah, like just filming myself, I really wasn't that comfortable with at the time. And when you first got on social, man, it's weird. Like you, you're nervous, right? Your first post, you're checking every comment. You're seeing if anyone even likes it. You're so self-conscious about it. And that's kind of how I was at first. So uh, I got on there just because everyone was. I wanted to really just connect with my friends at what first. What platform did you choose first, by the way? First was Instagram. Yeah. You know, I had Twitter, but I never used it. I actually started it because it was a, a college project. And they asked us to get on. I had to tweet my professor to show him that I was actually on there. We got extra. Hold on, where did you it. go to school? This is at University of Arizona. Get out of here. That's actually good, man. Yes, yeah, so like, I was like one of the, I was on there early, wow. really early, but it didn't do anything for me because I didn't use it. And I didn't engage. I didn't write back to my audience. I did nothing. So when I did try to use it for the business, it was a joke. No one wrote back. No one bought anything because why would you? I, I built up zero trust. I brought them zero value. Why would they? come and buy my product. Yep. So you got on the Instagram, but then obviously a couple years ago, TikTok really started to take off and you started to get creative with it. And even just now on stage, you said you had to pivot at some point a little bit, but tell me about the difference in that platform with everything else you were using. Yeah. TikTok, it was different, right? Everyone was <laughs> the Gary V's of the world. Get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And he was right. <laughs> yeah. and, and I didn't listen and no one listened, you know, no one listened. I mean, very few people did. And the ones that did were rewarded massively for doing it so early. Uh, I did go on there, but what I was doing was taking the same content from Instagram and posting it to TikTok and it did terrible. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe 5,000 views if I was lucky. Uh, I know I posted one, like it was a terrible post, but for some reason it did, it did hit. Like it hit like 250,000. I don't even know why I walked up behind my kid and I folded my arms and I, we were playing some music and like, it just took off. And I was like, man, that was so weird. Like this platform, <laughs> I don't like, like what's up with this platform. Right. And, um, you know, from there, it actually came down to a challenge from a kid on my podcast. 
know, this kid came on my podcast. He was a dropout from college. He was crushing on TikTok. At that time, he, he had like 650,000 followers. And he was like, man, you have such cool stories. He's like, you actually have a name. I'm an absolute nobody and I'm crushing it. Why aren't you on there telling amazing stories? And then at the end of the podcast, he pretty much challenged me. He's like, why don't just, just post one post a day for 30 days, but actually try, make a story out of it, talk directly to the camera, and then come talk to me in 30 days and tell me what happened. That's crazy. Because like, in my mind, if I were you, I'd be like, dude, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. But he, he literally drove you to it and then talked to me about what's happened since then. Yeah, so that, that 30 day challenge was, was a huge eye opener. Uh, I started posting about really cool content, cool stories, behind the scenes in the NFL, behind the scenes of Shark Tank. I started engaging with my audience, answering questions. And in that first 30 days, 30 posts later, I had 50 million views and I had 350,000 followers at that point. That's insane. Um, so we joked, or you joked on stage about monetization with TikTok and the creator fund. Like, yes, it's good they care about the creators, but it's not like you can make a living off it necessarily. Um, but how did that, what did this translate to for your business? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, TikTok creator fund is, it's cool. I mean, it, this year with all the views I've had, I might make six, $7,000, right? Uh, if I start absolutely crushing, maybe I'll make it to 10. I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's 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 nice though. You know, it's, it's nice. It's, it helps you build content or bring someone else in if you need to. Uh, it's a cool way to incentivize people to keep on posting as well. And they know that even though it's not a ton of money. Uh, but for me, I was able to then monetize it with my business. You know, I was able to then drive people to where I wanted them to go, which for me was my website. Uh, and I used the trust factor. I built that trust up. I built the audience up. And then I allowed them to ask questions that eventually led to them asking questions about my personal life. You know, what do you do for a living? Uh, what was it like to get on Shark Tank? What was it like after Shark Tank? What is the product? Like, what actually is it? They, someone asked me that. It gave me like the straight up pitch of the product. And it did really well because it came off organically. You know, I didn't just go on TikTok and say, hey guys, check out this product. I let someone ask me a question first and then I answered that question for them in a way that was authentic. And you say you go live and I, I've tested what you said. I don't, I don't do a lot of TikTok. I, I loved it, but dude, it was like... Like it's you said, lot, it's super addicting. And, and I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I just didn't feel creative, even though I saw, especially because I was a 40 year old like me and people, I'm like, they're making ridiculously good content. I'm like, I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. But I remember someone's like, go live. And I'm like, all right. And I, just like you said, I went live and there's a lot of people who aren't following you. And I'm like, I cannot believe I got that many views. But you said you go live for like 30 to 45 minutes. If you are doing like very specific NFL content that's 15 seconds long or a minute long or whatever, what do you talk about for that amount of time? Uh, so I, I'll go on and I'll, I'll answer questions as well. Uh, a lot of times too, I'll actually write down questions that people have asked throughout the week. And then I was doing a, like a top five at five. So on 5 p.m. on Thursdays, I was answering the top five questions. And then I'll open it up just like just like a speech here. You open it up at the end and you answer Q&A. So at that point, a bunch of people are in the room. All these questions have built up after you talked about the first five for the first 10 minutes or so. And then people are just hammering questions at you at that point. So uh, that's what I like to do. You can then bring in other people as well. And, and get some dialect going if they're, you know, at least it's somewhat related to what you're talking about. It works well. If it's someone completely random, it will crush your live actually. So I have done that where I brought in people and no one wants to hear about some random, you know, guy that has nothing to do with the NFL when you're just talking about games for the last 10 minutes. So uh, you got to be selective on what you do and who you bring in as well. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. So then I'll just engage with my audience after the first initial questions are over. And it works out well, man. I usually like plan to go for on for like 15 minutes. It sometimes will be an hour later 
And I'm like, wow. And this isn't, you know, and I'm not sitting on there all day, every day. You know, I, this is not a full-time thing for me. It's 100% side hustle. It's when I have free time to do it. So I might go live once a week at the most. Now, the last question is like through this interview, it didn't seem like you were like so big into social and then it seemed like I'm going to give it a shot and then it started really benefiting you. Um, but if there's people like in that second kind of act of their life or whatever, or in their forties and they're resistant to social, they're like, dude, F LinkedIn, I don't care who cares about Facebook, any of the social media platforms in general, what would you say to them as far as like, you actually can make good content or what would, what would you say to inspire them to be like, give it a shot? Yeah. I mean, I would tell them to get on there and just make content about what you're passionate about is my biggest advice. You know, if, if it doesn't matter what you do, if you're passionate about something, there's going to be other people on the platform that are also super passionate about it. And you're going to end up like doing it. Like I go on there and I talk about games because I love talking about games. And then everyone else joins in. They give their opinion as well. We start talking about different players. You know, how long is Tom Brady going to last for in the NFL? He's going to play until his fifties. You know, we break down everything. And if you do that with what you're super passionate about, it's not going to feel like you know, you're even on social media, it's going to feel like you're engaging with a bunch of your really good friends. And you're going to end up building this really cool community. And you're going to be like, man, I, I kind of like this. Like, this is really cool what I built here. And then it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. You're going to kind of become an expert on that subject. People are going to start sharing your videos with other people that are passionate about what you're talking about. And the next thing you know, for me, it, it was then exploding. You know, people that had businesses or products that were related to the NFL in any sort of way are now reaching out to me and asking me to promote their products for them. So it's turned into a six figure business for me at this point. I thought that was my last question, but I have to ask this. When you talk about engaging with your audience and using live to do that, like real time engagement is huge, right? But one thing that we were going over yesterday was like, everyone's always talking about know your audience, know your audience. But in the beginning, sometimes you're like, I don't know who my audience is. Can you tell me like at any point where you discovered like, the dude's name is Steve. He's in, you know, rural Texas. He's a big cat. Like, how did you kind of decipher who your people were? Man, uh, I, I don't know for sure. I could tell you that. Um, you can look at the stats on all the platforms. You can pull it up. I know my TikTok audience is like 85% male because I talk so much about NFL. So <laughs> yeah. at that point, I can decipher down that, you know, these are 85% male. I don't know the age group because it doesn't break it down, but I know that they're, they're sports lovers. Like they love the NFL. When I don't talk about the NFL, they still ask questions about the NFL on my comments. So I know that the audience and the niche that I built out is 100% in on sports. And so when I, and everyone else knows that as well. So the companies coming to me are companies that know they're going to do well with, with NFL fans. So it's, it is, it's hard to tell though. I mean, you can't really, in this day and age, you can't break down the demographics like you used to. Like back in the day, man, I'd go on Facebook, I'd put that audience into Facebook on the back end on the ads platform, and it would tell me everything. It would tell me what car they drove, it would tell me their education levels, how much money they made. All that was there. And, and with the business back then, when I did that, it was super helpful. But now, with all the privacy laws, with the iOS updates, you can't really get that data unless you're then pulling it into your own systems. Uh, you could try with an email list, you could try collecting that data on the entry into your, your email list. Uh, you can then also break it down a little bit further by sending them different types of content through email or, or through social media to kind of see what they like and what don't like. But overall, it's, it's very hard to see who your exact audience is now. And I mean, I think if you're listening, like one thing he said on stage, which is essentially what you said just now is with those updates and with the difficulty in gathering the data, it's like, I'm just going to go over here where I know the organic reach is good. I already did a 30 day test and like, it's legit. And then as far as email is, yeah, I noticed on the websites, it's like, 
immediately it's like unlock 10%, enter your email. I'm like, oh man. And your SMS. Yeah, you can't do do anything right off the bat. So I was like, okay, so that's awesome. Uh, How can people support you and where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely, man. I I appreciate the interview. Um, Really excited about being here today as well. It's it's cool being on stage again. It's been a little bit, felt like I was back on Shark Tank, right? (laughs) (laughs) So good times, man. But yeah, please uh, reach out to me. Uh, Have any questions? I love answering them. I'm on pretty much every platform at this point, at Chris Gronkowski. So uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I, I don't know. I think I'm on every platform at this point besides Snapchat. I've not cracked Snapchat. I'm even on Pinterest though, man. Pinterest, Pinterest is People sleep bad, on man. Pinterest. It's a long-term play. Yes. But it definitely drives impressions. Yes. Especially, and your wife's, your wife's business must crush on really Pinterest. really well, really well. She has like legacy pins. Oh my, I don't even know what that uh, is. A legacy <laughs> pin will come back every year around the holidays and it will push thousands of clicks to the website. Wow. She has, she is, because her, her business is very seasonal. So yeah. she'll have, say, a, a Christmas gift or a Father's Day gift that was posted four years ago. And when Father's Day comes back around, boom, thousands of clicks to it. And it's stuff people buy too. So that's ridiculous. They also save it to boards, man. So you got to think about it. Sometimes it's a, it's a really long term play where your know, weddings are coming up. They got engaged. They got a whole wedding board. They save her items to it. And then a year later, they go to that wedding board and they buy everything. Wow. So definitely a long-term play. So don't give up on Pinterest. What I tell people is take that TikTok content. It's the same format anyways. Post it to Pinterest. Post it to Reels. Reels is massive. 100% Reels. Pinterest. YouTube Shorts. Another thing you could really build up now. And then um, you know, you're not even changing anything. It's all exactly the same content that you're just reusing on the other platforms. Yep. Uh, I forget what the website is, but there is a way to remove the TikTok logo. Yeah, there's a make bunch sure, of them. Yeah, make sure you guys uh, know that. There's there's multiple. Just search Google. Uh, Musical.ly Down is one of them okay. that I use right off the bat. I'll tell you this tip for anyone's listening because this took me a while to figure out. So when you download it, it will get rid of the trademark, the TikTok watermarks on it, but sometimes the audio is off. So there is an app. I use InShot. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I think everyone uses InShot, <laughs> InShot's right? so it's, good. Is it free? I think it's more like Most $2. Of it. I mean, like, yeah. It's like $2.99. Yeah. So first off, download InShot. Yes. It, so I need I need commission from them because I tell so many people to download it at this point. But download InShot, super cheap. One of the best video editors on your phone you can get. Uh, and then you can export the audio. And then you could slide it over just a tiny bit to the right. And then it syncs your audio back up. So it drove me insane, That's man. That's a pro tip, man. <laughs> pro tip, man. Because how bad is it when you, your mouth is moving, yes. but the words aren't lining up with it? You can't even watch it, man. It's, no, like, it's, it's so frustrating. It's awful. I hate it's when that I, happens. I went to YouTube. I found Musical.ly Down. I then used it. I got some of my videos. And it doesn't happen to every video. It only happens like half of them for some reason. I don't know if it's the length of the video or when it was posted or what the deal is. The audio will be off on half of them. Export that audio on your phone, super easy. Slide it over to the right, save it. You're good to go. You can now post it to every platform or, or screenshot it before you post. So I, a lot of times I just screenshot the video uh, before I post it to TikTok so I can grab it or, or just you know take it off there before I actually post it so it doesn't have watermarks on it. Man, uh, that was an awesome tip. Real good. And yes, InShot is super legit. I've, I've like even people like my parents. I'm like, you can do this. I'm like, it's not that bad. Yeah, uh, not at all, man. It's, it, it allows you then to go back if you haven't pulled your videos yet to pull all of them and then post them to other platforms. And that's what I'm doing with Reels now because when Reels started, it was only 30 seconds. Yep. And a lot of my content with my stories about the NFL and different things I'm talking about, they're over 30 seconds. So while I was building TikTok, I wasn't building Instagram because I couldn't. 
And I used to do like part ones, part twos. They don't work. Like no one, everyone gets mad. They're like, where's the part two? I'm like, well, I'll post it in like a day or two because I can't double stack them or else the algorithm doesn't work, right? So I then went back and I had to just start posting all my longer videos recently. So it's given me a ton of content that I don't have to redo either. So it's been pretty cool. But yeah, man. And you're riding the reels train. Yeah, good for you. The, reels you train gotta, uh, and then uh, the shorts, the YouTube shorts. But if you do shorts, make sure you do all the backend keywords. Make sure you do the thumbnail as well. So you do have to go on the computer and do that. And you got to do, you got to do hashtag shorts, right? Like, do you still have to do that? I'm not hundred percent sure if you have to. Uh, a lot of times I do it from my phone and I jump on my computer real quick. And, mm -hmm. But if you do hashtag shorts, I know it definitely works, but you can post shorts from your computer. So interesting. do it from your computer. Make sure you have a, a thumbnail. Make sure you put keywords in. Man, Chris, you brought the heat. Uh, man, I love that you're in the in the trenches like that, man. I love that you're in the trenches, like just grinding and you this understand is like, this. This is like weekend nights, man. When I used to go party, <laughs> now I got three kids and I'm like, hey, how can I uh, you know, get this to actually work on YouTube? Yes, I, I get haven't it. cracked it yet, man. I haven't cracked YouTube personally yet. I just haven't put enough effort into it. I only have like maybe nine videos on my personal channel. We do have a, a family channel, the Gronks, and um, we have over 100,000 followers there, but it's it's been a... Uh, on and off with that, but definitely a, a cool and learning curve for us, but a really a huge asset, man. Like if you're going to build one channel, YouTube all day. All right. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for listening to the Video Marketing World podcast. If you could do us one favor, if you got any value out of this podcast, please share it. Share it with another entrepreneur. Share it with a business who has no idea what they're doing when it comes to video marketing as they're only gonna get the benefits that you and I have already got. And if you are thinking about coming to Video Marketing World next year in Dallas, October 14th to 16th, go to videomarketing.world and you will see that there are VIP passes still available. We would love to see you there. And last but not least, make sure the word gets spread by leaving a good rating and a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast. We will see you next time.